0: Good morning everybody, welcome to the show. Today is Saturday, July 10th, 2021, and this is the DeCrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer, and this is the weekend update. Let's get into those crypto prices. Bitcoin is in at $33,720, up a percent in 24. Ethereum is at $2,105, down one point, sorry, down two point five percent in 24. Tether's in the number three spot. Binance Coin is at $313, down 0.3% in 24. And Cardano's in the number five spot at $1.32, down 2.6% in 24. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap today, we're at $1.39 trillion, down about $10 billion from yesterday. And a BTC dominance of 45.4%. And in our show today, we are talking to Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets and Calyxie. And by we, I mean, Dan Roberts, editor-in-chief of Decrypt, is talking to Spencer Dinwiddie. And Calyxie is an open social marketplace for creators by creators. Enjoy this conversation, and I'll see you tomorrow for another weekend update.
1: Spencer Dinwiddie, thanks for joining us at Decrypt. you for having me. So Calyxie just announced it raised $7.5 million. This is your platform for influencer social tokens Tell us a little bit about the the research that went into this. I mean, obviously you are convinced that fans are going to want to engage with this stuff. They're going to want to pay for the different uh, benefits and kind of engagement sweeteners they can get once you onboard more people onto this platform. What's the plan there?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, in in terms of uh, market research, I think we see it everywhere, right? Like, let's look at Twitter, you know, having tips. Let's look at Instagram, uh, trying to have, you know, the shopping functions and look at uh, other ways for creators to monetize Look at all the you know, bespoke apps that are, have come out recently with, you know, billion or multi-billion dollar valuations, Patreon, OnlyFans, Cameo, et cetera. Like, you know, all the kind of uh, tipping points are are there. And then you also see some uh, uh, smaller scale crypto apps. And I, I can't even really say small scale because I think Rally's undiluted, or sorry, Rally's diluted token uh, market cap is like 10 billion or something like that. Um, and they don't even have a product really uh, to market and, and hands with any, Type of uh, you know, influencers of, of, of actual status. So, you know, you, you you look around like things are are heading in that direction, and people are just now starting to talk about uh, personal tokens and personal monetization. Um, and remember, like two shoot three years ago now, I think no two years ago is when I uh, you know tokenized my contract. So this has been a a journey that's been years in the making, and we've just gotten to a point where it's really bubbling to to the surface and you know, timing is everything. I think, um, you know, to, to be on time, you had to be years ahead, right? So I think um, we're, we're, we're kind of at that inflection point.
1: Yeah, you mentioned timing. I was going to ask you about that. Do you feel now in hindsight, like when you tried to tokenize the contract and you raised some money for that, maybe not the full amount you wanted, were you maybe early? Was your timing a little too soon back then? And now, obviously, we're seeing the moment happen.
2: Um, I, I don't even necessarily think that it was it was too early in terms of, the appetite from consumers, I think it was too early for for the NBA. So I think what knocked down the, the ability to raise was all the skepticism around, well, the NBA said no. Then they said, you know, then they were mad at him. Then they finally said, yes, is this a real yes? Or is this like a kind of, we're just not going to fight anything? thing? And, and that's where you found the skepticism from, you know, investors. And rightfully so. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, go to war with the NBA. Nobody wants to be aligned with somebody that might be going to war with the NBA. And, you know, as much as I can tell you, you know, that my intent is to be a partner of the NBA, right? Just like a Top Shot, for example, um, until it actually starts to happen, um, it's hard for you to believe one person, right? Now you see Top Shot and things like that. And, you know, I'm a spokesperson for both the NBA and Dapper Labs. And it's like, oh, okay, this guy really wasn't crazy. Yes, they had their, their issues in the past, but obviously everything's resolved. And so now you're starting to see all this forward momentum because of that. But... Investors have definitely had a keen eye on on being close to uh, you know entertainers, athletes, et cetera, uh, for, for a long time.
1: You've got Iman Shumpert signed on to be part of Galaxy. You've also got over in the NFL Zeke Elliott. Let's talk a little bit more about the league's approach to crypto. I mean, you mentioned Top Shot, so there's some irony there. The NBA has now obviously, at least in the form of Top Shot, very much embraced crypto. The NFL, yeah. I'd say, maybe not so much. A bunch of NFL players have done NFTs. But there hasn't really been any kind of top shot equivalent with the NFL. No official league buy-in, although I'm sure the NFL would love to have some version of its own top shot. What have you heard from people about the the way that the different pro leagues are thinking about crypto-related ventures?
2: Um, I I think, honestly, with how big the leagues are, you have to kind of zoom out just from crypto and just look how they approach technology in general. The NBA is usually always a first mover, right? They were allowing their highlights to be done on YouTube. You know, they wanted... uh, you know, the, the various influencers, comp, like, like, like a famous Lopes, commenting and making skits and things on NBA, uh, you know, highlights and things like that and involving the broader community. The NFL has been more buttoned up. You know, they have their copyright protections. That's why, you know, certain sites can and can't play highlights. And, you know, there was a lot of friction there. So I think it's just kind of how they approach technology in general, and crypto is no different to them because they're behemoths. You know, they're they're not going to look at the crypto space and be like, "We need this." They're going to say, "You know, maybe it's a value add, maybe it's not, but we're all already, mold, like, billions and billions and billions of you know, what I'm saying dollars uh you know generated." So I think that's kind of more so what it is. And then um, with NFL athletes doing their NFTs, you'll see the NFL make more of a push because no league wants to be in a situation where they feel like the uh, players are going to run off, uh, you know, and and front run something that they can't have uh, control over. So, you know, the NFL is going to get into the game. It's inevitable, Um, you know, and and you'll see something similar to NBA Top Shot. Hopefully it's with Dapper Labs because those are my my people. And, you know, the NFT world and and collectible world will start to be kind of done in a proper fashion because you really need a marketplace, right? If, If I make a bespoke NFT and, you know, you know, make it collectible out of my water bottle. Like, will somebody buy it? Possibly, but there's probably going to be buyers remorse because there's no market to really, you know, gauge actual value. But that's what makes Top Shot kind of a fun thing. It's a, it's a, it's a marketplace that has its uh, verified backing from the league's endorsement. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the marketplaces and the, and the true industry standards to start to, you know, come to fruition.
1: Well, and when you mentioned just as an example, like a a water bottle NFT, you know, because there have been so many of these sudden NFTs, either by pro athletes, celebrities, influencers, brands... Some people on the outside, obviously, there's a little bit of an echo chamber where skeptics get to just continue to be skeptics. But people look at this whole space and say it's kind of a quick cash grab. It's silly. I'm sure you've thought a lot about that also when it comes to social tokens. But what's your take there? I mean, a lot of people have kind of already declared the NFT boom over. What do you see happening next when it comes to uh, athletes and, and NFTs?
2: Well, and so that's the thing. Um, that that's where bad actors always give you know place a, a bad name, right? They said Bitcoin was only for you know what was it Silk Road and, and you know drug dealers and whatever, right? But we see that's not. You know when Tesla starts to accept it, um, when NFTs like all non fungible tokens mean is that you're you're attaching a serial number, and you're making it unique, right? And so you're, you're you're proving scarcity. You know we've we've proven scarcity with. Various things throughout history, if you look at basketball cards, for example, you know, upper deck will say this is a one of one and they'll put a piece of a jersey in it and they'll prove its scarcity. And because of that, value will go up. There's no difference with an NFT. Right. But if I told you, right, that I had the last water bottle on Earth and then it was proven that there was billions more water bottles then you'd be mad and you'd have buyer's remorse. It's the same exact thing. We're just applying technology to it. So when people, you know, start to really look at it in that manner. And they'll also start to realize that like you know things like social tokens and, and this next wave um, that we're going to see that's embracing technology if you have real value behind it if you're able to create a, a marketplace where you're actually trading apples to apples and people are getting real experiences from the from the and perks from these social tokens whether it be time with the person they want to have time with or whether it's you know a, a follow on Twitter or Instagram or something or whether it's a tickets to a game because they're the, the top fan you know, all those things are very valuable. And and if you can have value from a, you know, creator token, then, then it's inherently valuable, right? Because you have the experience or, you know, the, the tangential uh, thing that you want
1: from it. I've been watching closely, and I'm sure you have too, in the past week the uh, flood of new athlete deals in the college space because of the NIL rules opening up. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these have been – NFTs. I think we're going to see more to come. I also think maybe we'll see college athletes do other forms of crypto marketing. What do you expect in that regard? And, you know, you think back to your days at uh, CU Boulder, what would you have gotten into? I mean, a a lot more possibilities if if these rules existed at the time.
2: Yeah, Um, you know, I was kind of famous for my mustache when I was in Boulder. Now it's a full goatee, but it was a mustache back then. So I probably would have had some type of a facial, uh, you know, hair care endorsement. Something. You know what I mean? Uh, And, you know, shout out to all the people in Boulder. They were they were great. You know, I would have uh, loved a big city burrito endorsement, you know, uh, you know, this thing, you know, restaurants would have been my thing. I would want a free food. But, you know, that's an aside. The way I look at the NIL, um, obviously, it's a gold rush right now. People are rushing to, to sign whatever they can, make whatever money they can, because obviously when you have people that don't have money, all money seems like it's good money. Um, there will be a regression back to the mean and people will start to be more uh, strategic in how they, you know, view their brand and value their brand and which companies they choose to align with or don't choose to align with. You know, I saw a high school or college kid that, that I know growing up trying to sell his high school jersey on eBay now um, and, and trying to get like five hundred dollars for it. And we, when you get older, and a little more mature, you realize that, you know, the memories you made in that high school jersey are probably worth more than five hundred dollars. Right, but you know, if you're broken in college, you know it's it's there. There, there's that uh, risk reward analysis. So, you know, what what one of the benefits that I think Calyx provides is you have some of that organic way to make money off of yourself without harming brand value. Right? If I can come onto a platform and say, "Look, guys, I'm here. I'm me, and I'm going to offer," you know, like I said, Twitter follows uh, basketball training sessions. Uh, a, a crash course on crypto, a, you know, whatever it may be, whatever's special to me, I can continue to be myself, monetize myself and not run the risk of, you know, trying to cash grab $500 son in my high school jersey. And then I realize when I'm 30 years old that that $500 really didn't mean anything. And that, you know, I probably would have loved that memory of still having a high school jersey. So, you know, I, I think um, as the, the NIL and all the rules mature and people, start to understand kind of their space and and their place in this kind of new new world um, as these decentralized systems and power comes back to individual. um, This is the perfect time to have an app like ours where it really is saying, hey, we're merely a toolkit trying to be the standard for personal monetization, like to be as succinct as possible. A toolkit that's aiming to be the standard for personal monetization. Do with it what you please.
1: Well, and I guess the natural next question is whether uh, you will be targeting any current college stars now that you have the option to to bring on board with galaxy
2: oh of course of course um i do understand though that like you know there's going to have to be a certain next level of thought process from them right because uh, there's no real reason for me to go to a college athlete and say hey, i'm gonna pay you two million dollars to come on you know what i'm saying to my app to use it you know it, it, it doesn't make sense like my app is actually designed for you to make money kind of what you put in is what you're going to get out so you know they're gonna have to understand like hey like this is a is going to take a little bit of grinding, but, like, I can make more than $2 million, right? But if they're looking for quick money to align here or line there, you know, you might have a guy try to sign to OnlyFans because OnlyFans is trying to move away from explicit content, right? But if you're the first college athlete to sign with OnlyFans, you might get a million dollars, but now the NBA may look at you as, like, you know, eh, he's aligning himself with porn stars. Do we really want him? You know, so there's going to have to be hopefully some guidance, hopefully some some maturity, um, and, and not chasing um, quick money. And obviously, there's no explicit content on galaxy That's one of the rules. But, you know, you, you get the premise of what I'm saying. Like, this is going to be an app that, you know, you really can take it as far as you can go. You know, there is no real limit. And we charge half the fees of the OnlyFans and the Cameos and all the other stuff. You know, they're upwards of 25%, 30%. We're, you know, obviously half that. So, you know, we, we're, we're here to, you know, have the creator first. The influencer first. I mean, we were we were founded um, obviously by myself and, and and another person who played high level football, um, D one football. Sorry, not NFL, but D one football. Um, and, and all of our early advisors are either you know kind of very crypto native like a Roham, or our guys that are in our similar position like Ezekiel Elliott, like who really are going to have that creator first mentality.
1: Just a couple other questions for you while we have you, you know, you mentioned Zeke Elliott and we were talking about the different pro leagues. Recently, Tom Brady, who took an investment stake in the crypto exchange FTX, was out there saying, you know, we talk about crypto in the locker room now. And I sort of, I had a little trouble believing that. I'm sure there have been some conversations, but you hear a lot of athletes who are into crypto saying everyone's talking about it. To what extent are you hearing other NBA guys, you know, are they coming to you? Are you seeing those conversations? Are you encouraging those conversations?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely encourage those conversations. They they are happening a lot. And I mean, why wouldn't they? Right? Like, people see the money. Like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like people are really breaking down the difference between you know the hashgraph consensus algorithm as opposed to you know Ethereum and, and proof of work versus proof of stake and you know Byzantine or was it asynchronous Byzantine fault tolerance and and finality and things. Like- no, they're not. You know what I'm saying? And so to even try to posture as if that's part of it, it's not, right? But people see the money. People are starting to understand NFTs, non-fungible tokens, provable scarcity. And from there, the the, the education process will continue to to grow.
1: Let's end this way, Spencer. You know, you are an OG among the kind of rise of athletes being interested in crypto. I mean, you really know your stuff. You've been into this for a long time. As we talk right now, you know, anyone can guess what's going to happen next with prices, but we are in a real kind of bear market moment for crypto prices. I've seen a lot of mainstream sites declaring it crypto winner. I think that's a little hasty, but what do you see happening next? Even though, of course, it's anyone's guess and it's always dangerous to kind of predict with prices, but I guess, I guess maybe a better way to frame it, what do you tell people when they say, but look, all the prices are back down again?
2: I mean, I say, look, look at the historical charts. Like, what, what's, what's considered back down? If you were in, you know, what, 17 months ago at 6,000, and yes, it went to 6,000, it's back down to 30,000, but you still would have 5X. You know what I mean? So it's all about timing and perspective. And, and when you bought, what I personally believe, I think we'll see six figures in the next eight months. I think, I think looking at just like, just where the, the entire world is, right? You see all these major institutions embracing you know, crypto, Ethereum specifically, talking about DeFi, you know, whether it's uh, billionaire investors, whether it's JP Morgan, et cetera, talking about you know, what's coming next. You see uh, people buying up Bitcoin um, in, in large amounts, trying to hold alternative assets because of what's going on with the devaluation of fiat currencies. Right. We just printed more money. We're going to continue to print money because there's no way to get around it. You know, people are relying on modern monetary theory. Right. Like hoping that that's what's going to, you know, kind of save us the fact that like it's the dollar. So it's going to be okay. And, you know, maybe that's possible. Right. Maybe it is. But also maybe it's not. So, you know, I personally have uh, bet on things that make sense in my mind, printing money into oblivion doesn't um, a lot investing in an, an emerging asset class when there's only so many asset classes um, and have only been so many in history. Like, it, it makes sense in my mind. Like, why not get in on the ground floor? Like, you told me, you know, when the stock market first started, like, I'd be one of the first investors or the bond market first started or, you know, commodities were first really being invested in. Like, I could get in on that. Like, it's worth the, the roll of the dice and the gamble. Now, I also understand I'm in a very privileged uh, place and uh, perspective because I have an NBA contract that can technically be turned my safe money. Right. So, you know, I'm not I'm not here telling everybody to to do as I do. Everybody has their own life and their own risk tolerance. But I'm in a fortunate position where, you know, the NBA has afforded me a a large amount of safe money. And and so for me, it makes more sense to bet on an emerging asset class that can 10, 20, 50, 100 extra money and create generational wealth. Not only for for you, but obviously your entire line is what they call generational wealth. So that's how how I view the situation.
1: Have you shared which uh, coins and tokens you personally own and hold?
2: Um, I, I always share a couple, um, but I, I share the, the low-hanging fruits, right? Like um, obviously, home Bitcoin's the king. You know, Ethereum's not a not a bad bet. Obviously, it's you know the the, the second um, largest coin. And then I also talk about my partners, right? Like I talk about Flow. Um, everybody knows I'm a you know big Dapper guy, and so I'm in Flow. And then I talk about Hedera Hashgraph because. Their partners, what Galaxy is built on. And I talk about Chainlink because Chainlink is the Oracle service for Galaxy. So, you know, to, to keep it safe and succinct, I talk about the two main ones. I talk about my three partners. And those are my top five in terms of getting your feet wet. I tell everybody to do their own research if they have specific tokens they want to talk about because I have obviously many more in my portfolio because I invest in others. And some are, you know, very, very small amounts, um, like Vegas Gambling. And some are. Larger amounts because I really believe in them, but I'm not here to, you know, try to try to steer you one way or the other. Because the last thing I want is you telling me that you lost your money because Spencer got a podcast and told you to do something. Um, but I, but I am transparent um, that obviously if I choose partners for my own company, I'm probably going to also invest with them. But that's because you want our, your incentives to be aligned. That's that's any kind of business practice in general. So um, those would be the five coins I would look at if I was you know, just kind of throwing something out there.
1: I say the same thing. Do your own homework. Uh, Read Decrypt. Spencer, congrats on Galaxy, and let's check in soon and see how it's doing. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you,
2: brother. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. I'll see you tomorrow. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.